Good morning and a very warm welcome to you all joining us for our online service this morning, the first Sunday of 2021. My name's David and I'm one of the team here at St John's. Our vicar, Matt, is taking a well-deserved break and so it's my privilege to lead our time together this morning and also to share some thoughts from the Word of God. As we begin the new year, it's my prayer for each one of us that this year, despite all the uncertainties still surrounding us, will be blessed with health and happiness, trusting in our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. So let us begin with prayer. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, grant that as the years change, we may find rest in your unchangeableness. May we all meet this new year trusting in your never-failing presence, and we ask that you will give us all the assurance that you are guiding us with your wisdom and protecting us with your love through Jesus Christ our Lord and Saviour. Amen. In the Church's calendar, next Wednesday, the 6th of January, is Epiphany, when we remember the visit of the Magi to the infant Jesus. This being the nearest Sunday to that date is Epiphany Sunday, and so a prayer for Epiphany. Almighty God, who by the light of a star led wise men to the infant Jesus, by the light of your word lead us to the Saviour of the world, that we may bring him our best gifts and pay homage to him as our King. Amen. Oh, 
Before we come to hear God's word, it would be good to acknowledge our need of God's forgiveness for the many times that we have failed him. After each petition, I will say, Father, forgive us. The response is, save us and heal us. God, our Father, we come to you in sorrow for our sins, for turning away from you and for ignoring your will for our lives. Father, forgive us, save us and heal us. For the times when we have behaved selfishly, not thinking of the needs of others. Father, forgive us, save us and heal us. For letting ourselves be drawn away from you by the things of this world. Father, forgive us, save us and heal us. For the times when we fail to witness to the love that you pour out upon us. Father, forgive us, save us and heal us. And may the God of all healing and forgiveness draw us to himself and cleanse us from all our sins, that through the power of the Holy Spirit we may be renewed in our walk with him and with our Saviour, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I'm now going to hand over to Leslie, who is going to read our scripture for us. This morning's reading is taken from St Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 1, starting at the first verse. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints, the faith and love that spring from the hope that is stirred up for you in heaven and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. 
For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Leslie. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray that your Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts as we share this time together this morning. Amen. Over the past few weeks, we've been looking at the topic of the Kingdom of God and seeing how different aspects of that affect our Christian walk. Our theme for today is King of All. And as I thought about that in preparing for this morning's talk, I felt that there were two strands to follow. Firstly, the kingship of Jesus is universal. King Jesus truly is King of All, with all that that implies. As I mentioned earlier, this week we remember the coming of the wise men to the infant Jesus, to worship him and to present gifts to this babe born in a manger. Sometimes, particularly in one or two of our carols, we refer to these men as kings, although there's nothing in the Bible to lead us to make that assumption. The first mention of them as kings is somewhere around the year 200 AD in the writings of Tertullian, an important Christian author and historian, and then others follow suit. It may be that this assumption comes from a reading of Psalm 72, which is messianic in its poetry, and where in verse 11 we read, May all kings bow down to him, and all nations serve him. Now, whether or not these wise men, the Magi, were kings, is not why I'm thinking about them here. We know that they came from the east, perhaps from Persia or Syria, but that they had come a long way to find the long-promised king. And what is important is that these wise men bowed down and worshipped 
the infant Jesus, believing him to be the long-awaited king. This universal king was prophesied long before Jesus was born. For instance, in the book of the prophet Zechariah, chapter 9, we read these words. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. See your king comes to you, righteous and victorious. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the Euphrates to the ends of the earth. A king not just for Israel, but for the world. <coughs> Many nations around the world still have kings and queens as their head of state, including, of course, our own Queen Elizabeth, who is also the constitutional head of state of about 15 other countries throughout history and indeed in our world today. Some of these rulers have been good and wise, some have been despots and dishonest, but none of them, at least to my knowledge, would claim to be king of all. It was, of course, absolutely thrilling to hear the Queen acknowledging her faith in her Christian message this year. She is very upfront about that faith, that faith in the one who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Whether a nation has a royal head of state, an elected one or a dictator, there is only one King of all, and that is Jesus. Paul writes about this in his letter to the church in Colossae, which Leslie read to us earlier. In verse 16 of the chapter, the first chapter, we read these words. For in him, that is Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. And then in verse 18, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Earthly rulers may not recognise the supreme kingship of Jesus. But Christians throughout the world do acknowledge him. His kingdom is worldwide and, like those wise men of old, we worship him, the one who is King of Kings. Secondly, the kingship of Jesus is not only universal, it is personal. I'm fairly sure that most of us meeting together this morning, even though it's virtually meeting, I'm sure that we're citizens of this nature, most of us, because this is where we were born. The Queen is our head of state because we're British. 
I say most of us because, of course, there are exceptions. For example, my dear wife Anne is British because she chose to be. When she was 18 years old, she elected to become British, taking our nationality upon her, and thus from choice accepting Queen Elizabeth II as her head of state. She even swore an oath of allegiance and still has her certificate proving that she has British nationality. I mention this because there's a similarity when we consider the Kingdom of Heaven where Jesus reigns. This time, however, none of us is a citizen of the Kingdom of Heaven by birth, even if we may have been born into a Christian family. We often speak of the need for each one of us to accept Jesus as Lord and Saviour, to acknowledge him as King, and that decision which we must all make individually is the only one that confers upon us our citizenship of the Kingdom of Heaven. We won't receive a certificate confirming our citizenship, as Anne did, but we have something far better. When we become citizens of the Heavenly Kingdom, by accepting Jesus as our own personal Saviour, by acknowledge Him in Him as our King, our names are written in the Book of Heaven, not just for our life here in this earthly kingdom, but for all eternity. Again, Paul writes about that in this first chapter of the letter to the Christians in Colossae. He begins the letter by thanking God the Father for their faith in Jesus Christ, a faith that springs from the hope stored up in them since they first heard the true message of the Gospel. Later in the chapter, he continues this theme of thankfulness. In verse 12, we read that he is giving joyful thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. He goes on to say that he, that is, the Father, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And that is our inheritance if we have accepted Jesus as our King. Our citizenship of his kingdom doesn't depend upon a certificate. It's guaranteed by the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. As we read later in this chapter, we're no longer alienated from God, 
but are reconciled to him, in order that we might take up our place in his kingdom, holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation. Of course, there is a challenge accompanying our citizenship. As Paul writes, we are to live a life worthy of the Lord, pleasing him in every good way, bearing fruit in every good work, and growing in the knowledge of God. May his Holy Spirit continue to lead us on in our faith journey, not to a stable in Bethlehem, but to our eternal home in the kingdom of God, where Jesus reigns, King of all. Amen. Let us pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, you are beautiful beyond description, too marvellous for words, too wonderful for comprehension, like nothing ever seen or heard. Who can grasp your infinite wisdom? Who can fathom the depth of your love? You are beautiful beyond description, majesty enthroned above. We stand, we stand in awe of you. We stand, we stand in awe of you. Holy God, to whom all praise is due, we stand in awe of you. Heavenly Father, at the start of this new year, we want to express to you our thanks and praise for all you have done for us in the past year. We stand in awe of you when we consider and think of the many ways you have blessed us in this year. We stand in awe of the way you have spoken to us, not only through your word, but in the many acts of love we have experienced from others. We stand in awe of your creation for the beauty and colour you have lavished upon our world. But most of all, we extol and praise you for the wonder of our salvation given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot fully comprehend that our names are written in your book and that you know each of us by name. It is truly amazing and worthy of our praise. The past year has been one where our cosy routines have been changed and where we have had to adapt to new things, which has not always been easy. But you, Lord, have been with us every step of the way. You have encouraged us to rely on you in a deeper depth, and we have seen your hand at work in many ways. We give you thanks for those who have gone the extra mile, who have made sacrifices themselves so that we have a medical vision that is amazing. We give you thanks too for the people not normally recognised who have kept our country going, the people who empty our dustbins, the post people, the shop assistants, the lorry drivers and many others who quietly get on with their job. We ask you to bless them, Lord, in this coming year. 
This year we have been blessed by the many online church services for those who have worked so hard so that we can share in our worship and praise together. We thank you for the witness this has borne and thank you for the many who are turning to you in these desperate times. Lord, shine your light in the darkest places so that people who have given up hope for the future help know where they can get help. And we pray particularly for those who have lost their jobs or have become homeless. We want to thank you too for the many who have opened their homes and their hearts to the refugees and who bless us by their actions, that they have followed your command to care for the orphans, the widows and the homeless. This year, 2021, we pray that we might grow to love you more, that we might have our eyes open to see you in new ways, that our understanding and faith will move mountains will bring about changes for the benefit of all. Help us to see the opportunities you give us and be willing to be used by you. We thank you for the Queen's Christmas message, a clear declaration of her faith and her belief that you are Lord of all. We pray for our leaders as they lead us in the new arena of being a sovereign state again. We ask that you will give them wisdom and courage in the days ahead to do all things in a new and caring way to help us as a country to work together for the benefit of everyone. We give you thanks for our Archbishop Justin Welby and for his witness and for the words that he speaks in authority across our country. For him too we ask you to abundantly bless as he guides us this year. And for our own Bishop Martin and other church leaders, give them a clear understanding of your will and your ways. Lord, it is our desire to be used by you to bring you glory in everyday situations. For us here in Southbourne, we thank you that for the many opportunities we have had to bless each other. And for the many times we ourselves have been blessed. As we look for the future, when we shall be COVID free, guide us afresh to hear your word and to seek new ways of being your church in this village. We commend to your loving care all those who've had to face hard challenges this past year, for those who are still in need of your tender touch, for those who are holding on to their faith when they can't see any hope for the future. Lord Jesus, you are the same today as you have always been. May your presence be felt by us all and give us the opportunity to praise you in every circumstance, knowing that you are holding us in your mighty hands. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for hearing our prayers. We give you all the glory and the praise with thanksgiving. Amen. Shall we say the Lord's Prayer together? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. 
Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours for ever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Anne. We're coming to the end of our time together this morning. But before I close, may I remind you that despite all the restrictions, we will continue to function as the church here in Southbourne. Details of how to contact us and of all that is happening around the church can be found on the church website. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for reminding us that Jesus, your Son, is King of all. We pray that throughout this new year, he may reign in peace in the nations of our world and also in the hearts of each of us, your children. Keep us faithful in our calling to work with you and for you to further your kingdom. Just
And so may the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be with each one of us and all those he has given us to love this day and forevermore. Amen.